Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another episode, another edition of Disorganized Religion in our quarantine series that may never end, uh, (laughs) to be quite honest. And I'm a little bit terrified. But this week, we have the fantastic uh, comedic stylings and comfort of Bridget Sell, who you can find on the Laugh Factory YouTube page, which is pretty darn cool. Bridget, thank you for joining us. Hi, Seth. Thanks for having me. Am I weird yet? No, you're not <laughs> weird yet. We barely even got started. I know. I'm already weird. I'm already no, getting you're not weird. <laughs> Though I hope, I hope this isn't the way you start every first date either. <laughs> you know, it probably is, and that would definitely explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I weird yet? Am I weird yet? Am I weird? Like, do you want to uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna get a salad. Is that weird? I'm weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you can go now if you want, and they always leave. <laughs> we'll meet up later. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh cool. my goodness. How how have you been doing with the with the coronavirus uh, and with quarantine? You staying sane? Yeah, I'm staying pretty sane. I mean, I've been focusing on like fitness and everything. You know, taking little breaks to write a joke into my phone for twenty. Yeah when we can do this again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's fun. Any, any uh, jokes? So I had uh, Mandy on last week, and she had a joke that we ended up having her debut on this podcast. So if... Wait, who do you have on? Uh, Mandy, Mandy Martino. Do you know her? I don't. She oh, sounds familiar, great. though. I mean, she's probably way cooler than I am. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You know, we're not comparing anybody. She is amazing, and but you're great. So. Did she premiered a joke on your pod? Yeah, one that she's been uh, kind of working on over quarantine, but has been unable to work on because of quarantine, right? Yeah. So if anything like that comes up that you want to uh, debut, let us know. Yeah, okay. Maybe some time. you'll just sense it. You'll be like, she seems a little bitty right now. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Go to the phone. Let's have it. My gang. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, okay, so it's this is such a hard question to answer because I actually did the original room in, like, 2013. Which oh, is so- wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I started- for all the listeners, viewers who are unfamiliar, when you say original room, you and I know what we're talking about, but where, yeah. where, which original room? So the Hollywood Comedy Store. Not Adam and Eve's Garden, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the, the very first room that there the ever first. was. <laughs> the first room. <laughs> the first architectural room. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did that, and then I would just kind of do that every once in a while. Um, my friend Matt Taylor, who's also a comic, would always give me opportunities if, you know, of course, bringer shows. I'm not like Chris Rock or anything. So I would like... Well, those are the two so, levels. Um, yeah, so he'd be like, you can do my show if yeah. you bring... But he would only be like, just bring like three people. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah. that's so a I killer. Yeah, um, I think... Like three years ago, he put me up at uh, the Haha. He would put me up there a lot. Yeah. And then I just kind of took like a year off. And then I started full force like two years ago in the Pretty Funny Women like acting class. Or gotcha. Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You said acting class. Was that just a Freudian or was... Freudian class. Yeah. Pretending to be a person class. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> imposter boopy. syndrome 101. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, no, man. Um, yeah, well, I had been taking another acting class and uh, somebody in that class said, hey, I started taking Pretty Funny Women and you should try it. But also another comic who's, you know, kind of cool right now he was in that class with me and he was like you got to do stand-up like it's i do it all the time and it's awesome so yeah oh that's great Shout out to jt Parr. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah. uh and and what has your been so had you done a comedy class before pretty funny women uh yeah so uh when i first moved out here oh when i first moved out here no like in 2012 13 i feel like yeah. I'm like, what are these years? How did my <laughs> what even that? happened? Yeah. Sometime I? before, in the before times. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So after the Titanic sank, I mm-hmm. started taking um, improv. Okay. Um, but at Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. UCB, baby. Yeah. I interned there for a year. Okay. Um, I also wrote for some shows there. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was cool. But uh, I I moved out here because I went to the Lee Strasberg Institute, the method acting school. Oh, so you moved out for acting? Yeah, I moved out here like pretty sure I was going to win an Oscar. Like yeah. everyone's like, I'm going to be a serious actor, man. And then you're like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, it could still happen, Bridget. Yeah, no, totally. I just yeah. think uh, I, the method is a little... Uh, it was a little hard for me to stay focused. I kind of <laughs> wanted to laugh. And... <laughs> it was too too downery. Uh, no, it's like it's very indulgent. You literally mm. do the exercise for three hours before you get into the work. Oh, okay. So wait, like, what is the exercise for this method acting? What do you mean? Okay, so Lee Strasberg has something called the chair exercise, and it's okay. where you sit in a chair and you like loosen up every part of your body, and you also have to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Charlize Theron did it for two weeks and was like, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I basically felt a lot like that, but I didn't want yeah. to say anything. And, like, everyone who would be like, I want to sit in the chair and really, I'd be like, I can just get there. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. Let's just tap it in. Switch the switch, know, like, right? I can think of something sad and it doesn't take three hours, man. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay, so you left that class. You dropped out of that class. Well, I, I didn't drop out. I graduated with a year certificate. Wow, good for you. Cool kids, right? Yeah. So. Gotcha. So what drew you to stand-up then? How did you make the move from serious actor to uh, stand-up? Uh, so I, this, is, this is the kicker. So <laughs> I lived uh, in my old apartment before this one. I lived in a two bedroom and I lived with my boyfriend in one room. And then in the other room, it was kind of like, you know, one person would be there, then leave and another person would move in. And eventually this girl moved in who was uh, a Wiccan. Nice. Uh, Yeah. And, and she was like, also in like everything. Like I still watch shows and I'm like, there she is. Wow. Um, she was like, hey, like, I met this guy, Matt Taylor. He's going to put me in a show in the original room. Want to do it? Like, and I was like, yeah. So that's yeah. how I got to go with Matt Taylor. And, like, it, that friendship with Matt Taylor has gone so far that, like, he put me in his show in the Brea Improv this year. So, oh, like, that's great. That, 
he's we've really stayed in touch. He, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The one I did with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy McKiernan. Yeah, he like knew his way around backstage. It was like my first time there. Like, How do we get here? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. What a good yeah. show that must have been then. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, Seth. There's you're literally like you could just say like, "Hey, this pen," and the audience is like, "Ah!" Oh! Like, okay, cool. Well, cool all right, all. let's go. Let's go, baby. Yeah, it is interesting. So, has your experience generally been? more positive doing shows outside of LA or is it a mixed bag both in and out? <laughs> that was my first show outside of LA. And oh, okay. My, I was supposed to do a show at Levity Live and yeah. that got canceled because of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, good old quarantine, man. <laughs> but I would say it was pretty, the experience was pretty crazy. Like, I don't mean to be like braggadocious because it's based on absolutely nothing, but like everyone wants to take your picture after the show. <laughs> that right they're like yeah. oh my gosh she must be big and it's like based off of like nothing you're oh like, come I on you're up on stage you're up on stage you're crushing but, yeah. it yeah i mean that's what's cool it's like they have they they're like just because they're not in la like just as smart as we are but meaning like they're not around the fact that there's a lot of us you know just <laughs> yeah to... hopefully I a lot that I felt less better. yeah yeah i hope yeah. there are a lot less of us after quarantine Oh yeah, I'm just because I'm a selfish person. No, I'm on board with that. <laughs> nice, good, good. Uh, all right, so what? I, so you're still pursuing acting? No, I mean, yeah, I can't honestly say. Yeah, I did a few commercials last year, but oh, that that's was cool. Like a, it, it was luck. It was like this <laughs> well, isn't? I mean, isn't everything a little bit? <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, here's my resume. Yeah. Um, no, it was just somebody I knew, like, with most of the gigs. And they were like, hey, like, I thought of you for this. And that was, yeah. it wasn't like I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, still. I, I didn't, well, <laughs> I mean, I have done zero commercials, so. Yeah, and these were, like, commercials that would maybe play on, like, your yak back or something. <laughs> or, like, your Tamagotchi. <laughs> like, they're not on TV, so it's okay. <laughs> I made money oh. and it was fine. <laughs> yeah, hey, as long as you're making the dough. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So mostly pursuing stand-up at this point then, you think? Totally. I decided, yeah. like, I'm just going to go full force, you know? Nice. Yeah, so what has drawn you to stand-up other than the Wiccan saying you might want to try it? <laughs> First of all, Seth, I love that you, like, really ask questions. This is awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying. We got to do I mean, something during quarantine. <laughs> I mean, like, you could also just, like, run your set, like, other stuff I've done. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. This is to get to know Bridget Sell, and we're going to get into your religious beliefs or spiritual cool. beliefs or lack thereof. We're just trying to set the friendly ground first before we it. delve into the more controversial topics, potentially. I mean, oh, I love the controversial stuff. Um, I mean, what got me into stand-up? The fact that it was the immediacy of it, like the fact that I would, I was taking an acting class where we would get these scripts for stuff that yeah. we were never going to book right away. Right, sure, <laughs> It sure. would be like a role Meryl Streep would get. And I'm like, I'm, I might as well. Do, and, and then there was a class that was so honest that we would just play like the, the waiter and like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this isn't even fun. Like, yeah. so 
finally just was like, I want to do something where like the gratification is immediate. You're up there, you're in yeah. control. And if you can't get the crowd laughing, that's on you. Like you have to work a little harder. And there is like no greater win than having a crowd seem like they're going to hate you. And then just like winning them back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah i agree with you 100 <laughs> percent um so the i feel like with stand-up it's great when things go great like you're talking about this immediate gratification how do you deal with and i know this doesn't happen to you often but how do you deal with the negative uh immediate response a bombing joke i don't know if you've been heckled uh yeah, i've been heckled yeah. How do, how do you deal with those experiences? And, and what are those experiences like for people who would be interested in doing stand-up? How would you, you know, describe those experiences and what strategies do you have for dealing with it? I'm just laughing because my brain is like playing through every single bomb city. Oh, man. I mean, I'd say you get through it on your own. You know, the yeah. hardest part of a bomb is when it has to bounce off of somebody you respect. Like when you yeah. walk off stage and you see a bro that like, you know, <laughs> both do comedy together and they're just like, yep. Okay. That was a set up there. And you're yeah. like, cool. But that feeling when nobody's laughing at a joke that's usually a slam dunk uh, yeah. you gotta get used to like the part of you that just died will come back to life. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, I did a show for a motorcycle bar once. Oh, and they yikes. Didn't care about my dating problems for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Like, <laughs> well, I'm sure most of them are just like, I'm single. Why don't you just date me? Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of hard because like my comedy is kind of self-deprecating and it is weird, and I mean this in, like, the most honest way. Yeah. If I look too dressed up for a show, a lot of my jokes won't work. <laughs> I have to, there's, like, a certain way I have to look for my jokes yeah. to work, or else it's like, what the f*** is she talking about? And yeah. Like, uh, well, when my hair is this way, you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, trust me. Just trust I, me I'm on like, that. Trust me, I can look like a lot of yeah like I mean I feel like I'm sounding so like look at me but like it's such a true thing for women like we think oh if I look really good like I'm gonna slay but like it's sometimes like you kind of have to be a blank canvas up there for your jokes to work <laughs> yeah well and I guess just from observing female comedians I think male comedians deal with the same issue Oh, you know, okay. um, well, I just mean I had, you know, I talked to Robert Schultz and he's not super self-deprecating as far as physical looks go. Okay. But he's also a good looking guy, right? So if he got up and talked about how ugly he is, I think in a similar way, his jokes would not land. Yeah. Whereas, no, you know, I can get up there and be like, hey, I'm a fat married guy. I don't need to impress anybody. Well, and yeah. people will be like, yeah, that's so true. We can totally tell that you're not trying anymore. <laughs> I, think, I think both genders have to deal with it, but I do say and sense that it's more poignant for women. Yeah. I mean, across all professions, women have to deal with appearance infinitely more than men do. Mm -hmm. Well, so, it's just yeah. about how you feel comfortable in your jokes. And I feel, and I think a lot of comics I'm friends with feel most comfortable in some chucks and jeans and like yeah. a top and like really just like be 
anybody in our story. We're free to be animated. There are some shows that like require you to be super girly and wear heels, and that's really really hard. Like, <laughs> now so I'm do you change? Do you change your material for those shows, or do you do you preface it by saying you know something like I don't always look this way. I just had to, and it took okay. me twelve hours. So this is so specific, and I wonder if this will even translate. So I did the show at the Laugh Factory, and I, you know, had to wear a dress because the brand of the show. Yeah. So when you say the show, what do you mean? So the the show, it's a the Pretty Funny Women show. Yeah. Okay. Got it. It's no longer a show at the Laugh Factory, but it used to be. Right. And we would you know, go up wearing a dress. But yeah. I knew that I had practiced these jokes like in my comfort wear person. Yeah, right. You know, these jokes are animated. I have to play each character and this is how it's going to go down. But I'm in this really slim fitting black dress. <laughs> yeah. And I know when I do these jokes, I'm usually like letting my gut loose, like kind of just being like, hey. So the way that it translated on camera, people were like, disgusted by my body <laughs> i got body shamed beyond <laughs> reason and like i felt wow. so hot that night but once i got on stage i had become this like it <laughs> so wait why were you body shamed when you say body shamed people okay so i've lost 15 pounds since that show wow but hey congratulations i was kind of in a weird place where i was like maybe like drinking or eating more but it was all in like good fun like so I was like going out with comics more whatever right okay internally we're great maybe externally I was eating a little more drinking a few more beers so sure. I remember like doing that show I'm thinking I looked great but on camera it was like oh Bridget's had a few <laughs> like things to eat more or like I just looked a little like even Man. my sister was like why would you pick that dress oh no <laughs> I was like I don't now I'm thinking of like burning it during quarantine, <laughs> like lighting it on fire. Like, Here you go, everyone. Yeah, I got rid of <laughs> so it. So my favorite insult. Yeah, my favorite insult under the picture uh, or under the thing was her body is shaped like a bag of laundry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awful. But it gave me a great joke because then I did jokes yep. where I'm like, what if I went into Gap and was like. I don't need a medium, but do you have a size bag of laundry? <laughs> uh, so wow. Specific. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes it so hurtful. The thought, the amount of thought I know, but, that goes I mean, into everybody, that. Everybody gets so pumped about, you know, the, the exposure of those videos and yeah. it really is a cool opportunity, but the human side of you can't help but be like, but, but I look that I guess because <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's yeah. like <laughs> well that part's bad I mean but you say that your your humor and what I've seen it's accurate portrayal right is a little bit self-deprecating so maybe in the long mm-hmm. run it helps right because yeah no it, you know, it, it may have hit harder me, yeah it made my skin a lot more tough too mm-hmm. like to those bombs like can you experience right. like people you didn't even know existed in the world messaging you like about your body you're like uh, this fine. <laughs> yeah i can handle this at least i agree with the people here yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um so what strategies have you developed to deal with the bomb in the moment i mean i understand there are mental mm-hmm. strategies to say you know 
I'll do another show. I'll bounce back. This isn't like, you know, no bookers are here. So what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as in the moment, how mm-hmm. do you fight the urge to just run away or maybe to even just bail on a joke? Um, okay. So I've never bailed on a joke. Like I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple what I do when I'm bombing. I get louder. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad strategy. I decide that people need to listen then. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, interest. Yeah. So it's, you must not be paying attention and that's why these aren't hitting. Very nice. I guess it's cussed. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay i'll just okay so so you know and so listeners are aware in case you haven't seen it already on the youtube or on the spotify or wherever <laughs> it is you get your podcast there are two versions of every single episode there's an unedited for the grown-ups and an edited for those who are moral and that's the i noticed I that i noticed that yeah so don't even you be yourself don't even worry about it <laughs> cool. uh so you just get louder you get more aggressive a lot of my stories start, to, okay, so the jokes that work the best for me are act outs. Uh-huh. And if I'm not giving a Meryl Streep of an act out, I will have to really fight for it. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, now you got to do your, like, best version of this joke. If, like, halfway through, I'm just like, and then she goes, I'm like, okay, now I have to really perform the help. <laughs> because it, it's, right. it's, like, you start to feel it. Like, you're like, they can tell that I don't like this joke right now, or they Mm. can tell that like, I'm not giving this, I don't know. Like I also kind of get thrown off. Like I'll start to bomb. If I can sense that people aren't paying attention, Mm -hmm. nothing makes me bomb harder than seeing someone in the front row yawn. Oh, (laughs) sure. Start to get so in my head. Like, uh, and and so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I have also found when I bomb or when I show any sort of break in my set, it's Mm -hmm. typically because I'm focusing on one or two people in the audience that I think are not enjoying my performance. Yeah. And then I suddenly try to tailor it to them and for no reason, (laughs) for no reason at all. 50 other people might be having a great time, but I'm like, Gwen and Sam don't like me. And I have to have everyone here like me. I think that that's the plight of the comic, you know? Yeah, perhaps so. Perhaps so. <laughs> We're like, know. everybody needs to be happy. But I mean, it's a gift, it's a curse. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife, my wife has noticed this about me. And she will say, ignore these people. You don't, yeah. you're not performing for just them. Like everybody else is having a great time. So don't, don't ruin it. Plus, they could be comics. I can think jokes are funny, but I'm not laughing because I'm a jaded SOB. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's I'm like, very that's true. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, have you done Zoom shows or online yeah. shows, Twitch shows? Yeah, I guess Zoom. I didn't know how Twitch worked. And I did a Zoom show last week or two weeks. Yeah, last week with uh, yeah. Reed. Brackenberry. <laughs> yeah. Reed, great guy. Yeah, we did a show where we had to play like lovers that were Oh, that's play. right. How did that show go? It was it was really fun actually, because we had yeah. to get this like argument and it kind of brought our improv skills into play. And like Reed basically had to just play like somebody who wasn't good at cooking. <laughs> and it was really funny, like the stuff he came up with to say. Interesting. <laughs> and what was yeah. your character trait? 
So I was his girlfriend and the quarrel, because the show's called like Couples Quarrels, was that we weren't, that we were two chefs and whenever we were in the kitchen, it was too crowded. Okay. But he thought, he loved being in the kitchen with me, but I thought it's too crowded and you know, you're in my space, you know? Yeah. So yeah. We argued like... It was it was really heated. It was really heated stuff. <laughs> really interesting stuff. Wow. Riveting, riveting. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's very fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So have you liked I, I enjoyed it more than stand up than just yeah. being alone? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a very different experience than any Zoom shows I've done. Uh, what do you What do you think of it? I want to hear your opinion of it. It's tough. I will say it's very difficult. I find it a little bit demoralizing. Um, there, I guess there are positives and negatives. I, it, it's good because I'm still, you know, able to run material, which is, mm-hmm. which is fun in front of kind of in front of real people. But you know, this, this, this vice I told you about where I like notice one person in the front row that isn't enjoying the show zoom everyone's in the freaking front row so now i'm watching 50 people all at the same time there's no front row that big that with 50 people i mean lucky you no no i mean really it's like a zoom show with maybe uh i've done a zoom show though where there were what 20 guests so there was a substantial number of people yeah i mean yes and no you know because you'd like to crush it every single time but it's a very different experience. And so I will I sort of like their faces are like <laughs> like they're yeah. so amplified. They're just yeah. so zoomed in you. Right. You're like, so uh, <laughs> Yeah, well you have that problem. <laughs> you also have the problem of like terrible lighting. I mean, so there's kind of some fun crowd work stuff you can do because you're in their home, right? So you mm-hmm. see what they have decided to show you for some reason. Uh, but then you also have the problem of like distractions, you know, you have no idea what, like I did a show where this woman was, was, they had the phone or whatever they were using on yeah. to show the, the standup show, but she and her husband, boyfriend, whatever, were clearly watching the television. They were watching <laughs> something else while it was playing on the phone. And it's like, are you, oh, you can what are it. you doing? <laughs> How much entertainment do you need to consume at the same time? Pick one. Pick yeah. one, please. I mean. It doesn't have to be me even. I know. I don't, I don't care. Anyway. So that's one issue. That's the other so issue funny. is on Zoom, you know, you can turn off your camera. Right. So some people are turned, you know, completely turned off, like they've muted themselves because there's too much background noise and their camera's off. And so then it's just like performing to a like you have no idea what's landing or what's not. And Mm -hmm. um, and that that beauty of immediate response is delayed or not available online. Right. So you'll tell a joke and there will be this Mm -hmm. lag before the laugh really comes back to you. And, yeah. you know, I think as a stand-up, we're programmed to put silence where we want it. But when silence happens where we mm-hmm. don't, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just describe Zoom shows as terrifying. 
Yeah. I felt yeah. nervous. I, I felt like nervous. It's yeah. weird how you get nervous and you're literally on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Gratification. Is there a lag, by the way? Well, my internet gets a little unstable for some reason in the evening. My mine too. That's why I'm like Yeah. Like, I hope it's not my internet. <laughs> the joys um, of all of this I online. I love it when you listen to the podcast and it's like, well, I, yeah. I, um, I did that one. I did one zoom show and they did mute audience and I was like, this will be my last zoom show. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very rough. There are a couple of people I've, I've seen comment uh, or tweet like doing an online show and then basically being like, I actually never want to do stand up again. That was so punishing. Yeah. I but- that's the thing. Like, there, there are other comics who are saying, like, this is not the medium for stand-up. It is the medium for, I would say, podcasts or yeah. you know, any type of interview. But it's not an audience format. It's yeah. not meant to, for a live, you know, show. Right. <laughs> right. It so is that's tough. why it's when musicals. yeah but i mean it's as close as we're gonna get for who knows how long so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag i did see a commercial for a movie coming out in theaters on july 1st oh wow it's an ambitious theater yeah yeah Yeah. well i hope it's real (laughs) i hope they have it me too Speaking of movies, do you remember the horror film that takes place all on like a webcam where the killer's yes. like showing up? Do you remember what that's called? I remember that it has a lot of people we know in it, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Does it? There are, yeah, there are some comics in it. Now I have to um, watch it's it. Called, it's called Unfriended. Unfriended. All right, yeah. I'm gonna have to check this out for real though, because as you're talking about it, it's like that's that that movie has to hit harder now, right? It's gotta hit harder now <laughs> than it did before. Anyway, oh boy, uh, where? What did you say? I think we were talking. We were talking about Unfriended. Yeah. That's a good point, but like that movie, I think I saw that in theaters. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I think I did. <laughs> Man, like 12 years ago. Jeez. No, it came out like four years ago. <laughs> no, I know. Is there... no, okay. I, know. I, was I was just, like, I was just saying this quarantine has felt so long that it had. Right. Uh, where are you from? Yeah. Where are you from originally? So you moved to LA for acting, but where from? Where from did you move? Um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, the East Coast. Man, I thought for a second you were going to start singing it. <laughs> wow, there's like a real delay. <laughs> there is a real delay, <laughs> and it's giving me PTSD of Zoom shows I've done. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, my you know wife, what it is. My internet's yeah. on the bad. <laughs> oh yeah, the two point four gigs. I get that sometimes too. I should be on the five G, and it's five G. You got to get on the cancer G. Hmm. Anyway, what were you gonna say about your wife? Um, my wife and kids have listened to. My wife loves musicals, so she has 
played Hairspray many times. So I thought oh, at yeah. first when you said Baltimore, you were then going to break into song. Good morning, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. You got it. Yeah, I mean, that was a big staple of the town. In fact, a big thing as teenagers was so divine is like the lead in the movie. She plays like the the cross dresser, I guess. Drag queen. I don't, her mom. She plays her mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, John but Travolta like in a, the movie, right? Which movie, though, are we talking there's about? There's the Ricky Lake one, the first okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The, the, you know, original one from the early 90s. Right. Right. I, yeah. Anyway. So the house that Divine lived in was like apparently owned by a bunch of kids that like we would party with. And they would say that like when you were in the house, you just wanted to keep partying and partying. And they thought that it like they claimed that it was because the residual energy of the like partying that went on. Oh my gosh. I mean. It was haunted by Divine. Yeah, of all the spirits to haunt a place, a partier is probably not the worst, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You can suddenly get motivated to feel good. (laughs) That's that's an amazing ghost. Yeah, It's a fun ghost. (laughs) (laughs) So, Baltimore. Baltimore. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, what was your experience like growing up? I mean... Uh, we're going to move now to the religious stuff. So were you raised religious? Cool. Yes. <laughs> what uh, what so brand? I, Catholic. Catholic. The most yeah. popular. Nice. <laughs> is it? Is and, everyone you talk to? Like, I'm a Catholic. No, no, not everybody. Because um, I've had Josh Edelman <laughs> on the show, who's clearly not Catholic. Um <laughs> Yeah, we've had some other people on the show. Monterey, Monterey is probably closest to, you know, like the Wiccan that you described. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No judgment there. <laughs> no, no judgments. I, I, I don't care what people believe as long as they leave yeah. me alone. You know, it's, <laughs> which is very hypocritical of me to say because I don't leave people alone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Catholic. So like you went to mass every week or what brand of Catholic were you? Every Sunday I went to Catholic church. I went to Catholic elementary school, Catholic middle school, Catholic high school. So very Um, Catholic. Yeah. Boy, girl, uh, elementary. And then, um, in sixth grade, I went to a school called Maryvale preparatory school for girls. And I went there till I was a, a senior. Yeah. Jeez. So I wore like the blazer and the skirt and all yeah. that. All that. Yeah. Now go <laughs> now hold on, go back and go into more detail slower if you could, please. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> oh god. So very Catholic guys. then. Like did you have did you have nuns teaching you in school? Is that the oh, level? Yeah. yeah. Nuns. Some were nuns. A lot of people like weren't nuns. I mean, I remember the religion teacher's name was Sister Dot, <laughs> Sister uh-huh. Dorothy. <laughs> the head of the school was the headmistress was uh, Sister Sean McGuire. So uh-huh. very like Irish. But what was really cool is that our school took place at a castle that was built in the 1920s, oh and um, it was built by this. Yeah, it was built by a family named the Wicks, and he built it for his wife, who was like really sick. 
Yeah. And um, anyway, John Wick, right? Yeah, John Wick. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I know. I take things full circle. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and then he went so, on a flight. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. He built this castle, though, and he would throw these parties, and, um, like, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald would come, and, like, it, it was a really cool school. And then wow. he donated uh, the school, to, or, or the castle, which was his home, to the Sisters of Notre Dame de Namur, who made it into a school. <laughs> Got it. Now, were you also inspired to party at school, given the residual ghosts that remained who partied <laughs> in the castle? Was Divine there? <laughs> no, no, you couldn't party at the school, but they did have dances in like the Great Hall. <laughs> oh, sure. Now, did, for the Great Hall dances, did you guys like meet up with the boys prep? Yeah. Yeah. So like the all boys Catholic school that was like our brother school, there was um, uh, St. Paul's, uh, Calvert Hall, and Loyola Blakefield. So my brother went to Loyola, but... We oh. basically hung out with the Loyola boys. <laughs> the, the Loyola boys. Big man. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. So did yeah. you did you ever have a personal connection with the Catholic faith? Are you still Catholic or how do you how do you identify now religiously? Um, I identify as Catholic and I've always um you know, what's cool is that I moved out here when I was 22 and like the part of me that like, wasn't sure about real, like I had already decided, like I was, I believed in God, like at a really mm-hmm. young age. So like, I never really felt like I'm going to be like a doubting Tom about it or anything. Yeah. So it's just kind of something that I discussed. Yeah. Like I discuss it more with people that understand it. Um, I don't like people who make me feel like he's like, like, oh, that's just Santa Claus for adults. Like that's always, that's always a conversation I don't need to have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting. There might be a day where you're asking something to help you through something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, and that's, that's actually a bit that I've been trying to work on Mm -hmm. comparing all of the uh, very enlightened, you know, atheists or agnostics who are like, oh no, you just got to meditate, put it out in the universe. That's mm-hmm. also called prayer. Uh, yeah. It's like the exact <laughs> same thing. I don't understand yeah. what you're making fun of me for. Exactly. So, there, yeah. It's yeah. also funny how people make fun of that. Like it's, yeah. it's just always been something like, like oh that's to make fun of someone for it and know that <laughs> yeah yeah so, <laughs> so you growing up then How you I were around so. yeah you were around a lot of other people who also believed in god i would take it yeah like every guy i dated had a saint christopher medal like it wow. was just like yeah and then i lived out here with a boyfriend uh we lived together for like three years and so like I've always been kind of like <laughs> believing in God you know and yeah so is my partner I guess yeah <laughs> so, so, <clears throat> what does Saint Christopher mean because I'm not um, that familiar with Catholicism or Catholic saints in particular oh okay so each like saint is like the patron saint of something right mm-hmm. so yeah. um Christopher is like popular with 
guys because he's the patron saint of like travelers wandering like you know okay oh he's so cute he's got christopher on his medal which means he like wants to be like everywhere and travel you know <laughs> okay and, like you know there's saint jude the patron saint of lost causes so she's the face of like cancer research or he is you know right. so it's like right. they all have like a cause and you do that <laughs> yeah yeah so did yeah. you have a who is your patron saint like or my, who is your patron saint? Well, so when you're Catholic, you get a confirmation name. Yeah. <laughs> so my full name is Bridget Christine Barbara Sell. Nice. <laughs> so Barbara is my confirmation Barb. name. Barb. Baps. Baps. St. So Baps. I picked Barbara. I know, but I picked it because my aunt's name is Barbara. So okay, that's sweet. I guess she's a She's a good saint. She's known for praying on a hilltop and her father beheaded her while she was praying. And oh. then the fires of hell rose up. <laughs> wow. To get the dad. You know, as they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so is there any... Sisters, uh -huh. I was just going to say my sister's confirmation name is actually really cool. It's Perpetua, who oh. is a really cool saint. <laughs> My sister chose Perpetua because when she was put in the den with a lion for being, you know, Catholic. Yeah, um, Perpetua, not your sister. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Perpetua. Yeah. She asked for a hair, like she asked if she could have something to put her hair up. My sister just <laughs> loved that so much. This is like girls, like, that's so weird. <laughs> that's amazing. So wait, why, why did she want her hair up? Because she knew that she was like, they would put like, you know, Catholics like in a lion's den knowing yeah. that they were going to lose but she asked for a hair thing because girls need hair things when they're like trying to be athletic <laughs> so she was ready to fight yeah she was, she was gonna do her best so she asked for something to pull her hair back yeah yeah I was gonna say there are a couple things she could have been doing but given it was a lion she was probably <laughs> gonna fight stairs <laughs> <laughs> or like a knife <laughs> I know but you know if you're gonna bare hand fight a lion you do want your hair up i think the thing was they were like what do you want you can have a weapon you can have this and she was just like i'll just take a hair thing yeah because <laughs> she was gonna take them on herself yeah she was wow. she was she got <laughs> yeah and now i was gonna ask what what was uh barbara praying for when she was beheaded is there any sense on what she was praying for i kind of forget it was yeah. just that her father like forbid her from prayer so she was gotcha. praying you know and i yeah. think she has on like jail shackles with the photos because she was like imprisoned or something right <laughs> jeez so she'd escaped and was praying too bad <laughs> two wrongs <laughs> two two bad things she did well, she got to that hillside <laughs> i mean i just want to know what's going on uh there is so from my perspective right growing up latter-day saint yeah. Uh, my perspective on the Catholic yeah. faith is, and going to Catholic cathedrals, which are overwhelming, right? I mean, mm. beautiful, big, meant to make you feel in awe of God. Okay. I understand. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I think it's, I think it's a great sort of metaphor symbolism as you walk in, but there's also so much I mean, mysticism about Catholicism in my mind, right? These patron saints that you, there's like this hierarchy network getting to God 
based on who you're praying to and for what. And I find that all fascinating. How did you navigate that as a kid? Or, or have you ever, like, is that really an accurate portrayal of Catholicism? Um, I would say like the, as far as like getting to heaven, you mean like navigating your way to heaven? <clears throat> yeah. So navigating your way to heaven. And then also just in prayer when you're talking to God, or is that a thing in Catholicism? Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I would say I've always navigated prayer like, and in my, my mom's always been big on this with like the blessed mother. So we always like mm. do like a Hail Mary. Sure. And, like, so that's always been big. I believe that like, I don't know. I just think of her as like a, a strong, a, a strong person to pray to her and like the Holy spirit per se. Yeah. Um, if I lose something, I pray to St. Anthony. Um, I have a candle for the patron saint of traveling. I think St. Christopher that I gave to my mom and she mm. lights it before she visits us or gets on a plane and like says a prayer. Yeah. They're just interesting. That, like apparently are called to action to like help you through something like right. almost like they're like a little angel or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Little guardian angels and everyone has their role up in heaven and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's very cool. So are you still going to Catholic mass? Um, I try to go when I can, actually. Mm -hmm. I've always gone to Easter Mass. Um, I live right next to St. Ambrose, which is a church on Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laugh because it's like St. Ambrose, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a mighty church. And yeah. uh, anyway, I go there sometimes. I just walk there with like AirPods. I'll go and like leave after communion. Yeah. Um, Another cell family tradition. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I mean, we're like we're we're Catholic, but also very much like the cells. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you gotta. Mom, we're not supposed to eat an hour before church, and she's like, "Just eat something." And I'm like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be on at church. <laughs> yeah oh interesting that's great that's great that's very cool so do yeah. you think i mean as you think about a future family given your experiences growing up i i guess let me ask this first and then we'll get to it, how you would raise your kids you think but for mm -hmm. you was religion i mean catholicism is often also thought of as being quite repressive right sexually mm -hmm. repressive um mm -hmm. and and sort of guilt-laden <laughs> did, you, did you feel that growing up? Is that? Yeah, there were moments of guilt. <laughs> I mean, I think, okay, so I think that like everybody should experience some level of guilt, right? Because we all yeah. do bad yeah. things and we should feel badly about those bad things we do. But yeah. typically the way people paint religion as negative is they make like religion is made to feel or to make you feel way worse than you should feel. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, yeah, when you cling to the idea that religion is meant to structure the way you're supposed to be, yeah. you're going to run into this, this idea that like, oh, if you do this, then there must be some kind of like penalty or like, mm. you know, but I've always felt like with with my religion, the cool part is you can, you know, keep the good parts and that's the part that you believe in. And like, yeah. I actually had to have a 
long conversation with a deacon because I had to be a godmother to my um, nephew. And <laughs> you had to be a godmother to your nephew? Well, I mean, okay, so they make you like take Ish. this class in order to yeah. become a godparent. But they don't really make you. My sister made me. And I was like, I have a certificate. She was like, cool. And I was like, well, who do I give it to? She was like, oh, you didn't really have to do that. I just thought it was funny. I was like, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting like talking to a deacon with a notebook, like, uh Wow. Yeah. Interesting. He told me, he was like, what's your idea of the Catholic church? And I was like, honestly, like positive. Like I believe like in a lot of the good, of course there's diet that's, you know, not, hasn't been very kind to like, you know, like you can be gay, you can be straight, you can be whatever. And he was like, well, we're a Catholic church in the middle of West Hollywood. So we're a little more liberal. We have, he goes, we have LBGTQ Sundays. Yeah. And I was like, what's that? He was like, well, we, we have snacks and gatherings. And, and I was like, oh, he was like, we like to believe that we're changing with the world as well. <laughs> so that like actually made me feel better. Like I was like, he was like, each church kind of does their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay. Sure, sure. There might be a Pope out there somewhere who says yeah. something, but we're also just trying to make it work. Uh, interesting. The Pope. Yeah, who knows? Who knows I mean, my dad's doing. Protestant. Or pre- okay. my dad's Presbyterian. My dad's Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah. So his, his, I think that they don't put as much emphasis into the Pope. I'm not sure. I kind of forget. <laughs> That's yeah. Just like whatever. He's like, I'll do what you guys want me to do. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. So, how do you? I mean, the Catholic faith has obviously had its day in the court of public opinion for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that as a Catholic? Is it one of those things where you're like, yes, the church is imperfect because it's run by men who are imperfect? Or, or has that, I mean, has that shaken your faith at all? Um, well, it's really interesting because there are like so many things that have touched upon this that have, you know, obviously surfaced in the last like 20 years. And, you know, one thing is like, you know, the whole altar server and like priest thing, which is just so interesting. Cause like, I, I just watched John Laney stand up last night and he was like, I know what you're thinking. I was an altar server. So, whoa. And he was like, it was just a boring job for me. Like <laughs> it wasn't any of the stuff you're thinking. Right. And like, same, like the priest was just like, this old guy and he didn't care what we were doing. And like, so yeah. it, it's like, it is unfortunate that like, there are bad experiences, but like, I didn't grow up in that. Like right. a lot of the priests were like, Father Laporta. And like, you know, they would just whatever. <laughs> but also like there was a documentary called The Keepers on yeah. Netflix. And one of, I was watching it and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, one of the guys who said like a priest did something to him was my dentist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was <Yikes>. like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I know. And, and we knew the family was going through all this drama and like, <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> it's on oh, Netflix. Man, that's, that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So yeah. 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 Hmm. I mean, obviously he was younger, but you know, in right. adulthood he was my dentist. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 man. Uh, yeah, well, fair enough. Um, all right, one last question, and then we'll get to uh, cool. the moment cool. you are excited about and cannot wait for. <laughs> um, my my last question for you, Bridget, is: Have you felt hoodwinked by religion? I feel like a lot of people in our generation, in particular, who were raised religious, grow up and sort of they have this mentality of breaking free of the shackles of religion and mm -hmm. coming to this greater understanding of how the world really is, how the world really works. I mean, mm -hmm. given that you still seem quite religious, do you feel like... Same bridge there, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, are you... Are you uh, do you feel hoodwinked by your religion or do you feel like there's something out there that you're missing out on I mean, I think I don't. Yeah. And this is why every time in my life, and I've said this for years, I've been like, why did this happen? You know, the famous, where is God question? Yeah. There's always been a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, even though there are people like there's one comic who's like, no, sometimes you get cancer and get hit by a car the next week. Like sometimes <laughs> things are just bad, Yeah, but right. it's like, I feel, I mean, I feel like at least in my life, everything that's fallen apart literally was like, oh, because this was supposed to happen. And yeah. like, I've kind of gotten stronger in my religion in, in that I'm like, it really is about just kind of like letting it go and just kind of going for the ride and like holding on to this idea that like something was supposed to be another way never helped me. Like, mm. I've just always been like, I'm Catholic. God has a plan. I believe that like, you know, there's a heaven and you know, that it's a better place and that this is nothing compared to what we're in for. And like, yeah. this is even great. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, and I've never been ashamed of the fact that I believe in that. My mom's such a Catholic lady. She's only missed, this is the first time she's missed church ever in this quarantine. Oh, she's wow. So <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, wow. She's an impressive lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're an impressive individual as well. Uh, so thank you for sharing, Bridget. Thank you so Thanks. much. And now, what's the deal with Mormons? <laughs> well, you have to say it like Jerry Seinfeld. All right. I got to get into, I got to get into the Jerry, the Jerry, <laughs> the Jerry, uh, the Jerry voice here. Let's see. And what's, what's the go-to phrase? Uh, <clears throat> what what uh what's the deal with mormons what's the deal with mormons something like that right what's what's the deal with that what's the deal with mormons <laughs> it's great it's making me laugh <laughs> oh good oh good so what questions what questions do you have now when we had our instagram conversation you mentioned you had to go to your mother for this and this is what i think and and this is my problem with why I can never beat my wife in, a, in, an, in an argument. I think women <laughs> band together behind the scenes. So she's already talked to three other people about what I've done wrong and has all these, I'm just by myself, you know? St. <laughs> Christopher ended up traveling around all my own. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, what have you and your mother come up with uh, regarding Mormons that you're curious about? Um, okay, well, first I want to say that every question I would come up with, my mom would go, oh, Bridget, don't ask me. <laughs> so 
I'm like seriously like kind of worried about one of no, them. No, I want I you to ask feel all weird of <laughs> No, I want all of like, these Like even if they're kind of weird. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. the obvious one. I was like, she, every question I was like, well, then I'll just ask this. She'd be like, oh, Bridget. <laughs> but anyway, so we'll see. Um, so here's like an easier one. What's all the right. dietary restriction besides alcohol? Got it. So this is question regarding what we call the word of wisdom. Um, okay. Yeah. So this was a revelation, just so you have a little bit of background. Uh, this was a revelation that Joseph Smith received um, in uh, after he, I guess, in the early days of, of my church in the Americas and North America, Joseph Smith would mm-hmm. meet with other uh, men and other leaders of the church and they would have a school of the prophets is what they called it, where these guys would study math and language and all sorts of things. And these guys were smoking, spitting tobacco and drinking alcohol, coffee uh, while they met. And after their meetings, Joseph Smith's wife, Emma, would be left to clean up as Joseph sort of ushered everybody out. So she was complaining to Joseph one night being like, I am done cleaning up all this gross tobacco nonsense. It is disgusting. And I don't think anybody who thinks that they are communicating with God should be doing any of these gross things. And so he prayed about it and then received this revelation, what we call the word of wisdom. So the dietary restrictions are, are, not, are not very oppressive at all. The, what we cannot do is, is smoke, We cannot use tobacco for ingestion. All right. So if there's like a medicinal tobacco that where you can, you know, it's expressly said in in this revelation that you can use the leaf, right? You can cover a wound with the leaf, uh, tobacco leaf to try to help it heal. So we cannot smoke. We don't smoke. We don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smoking includes, uh, you know, drugs really, right? No, no recreational drugs. If it's prescribed medication, A-OK. Um, and then the other thing, the more controversial thing, I suppose, is uh, hot drinks, which has been interpreted as coffee or tea. We cannot have those. So no coffee, no tea. No coffee? No, no coffee, Bridget. No coffee. That just broke the brain. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like... But I literally feel like, like, okay, saying that alcohol would, like she's saying anything, you know, you would perceive or communicate while drunk is not, you know, godly or, you know, holy. And I kind of agree. That explains a lot of my Saturday nights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the overarching spirit of this revelation is to be clear for the Holy Spirit to communicate, you know, God's word to you. Right. And um, so really, I think the revelation is about addictive substances. Right. You shouldn't be addicted to anything other than the spirit of the Lord. So if there's something that's preventing you from feeling that spirit because you're too uh, worried about your next fix, then you Uh should probably let that go. Right. Yeah. It's like a toxin. Yeah. Yeah. Now that all being said, you know, nuns being married. 
pod per se. You know, uh, they're, I mean, they're kind the, of like the idea. The yeah. idea that like. Yeah. They don't want, you know, romance with another, you <laughs> sure. know, man interrupt right. that or whatever. But I, I do I disagree suppose. with that part of the I do disagree yeah. with that part. I think priests should be able to get married. I think they should be able to get married. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you okay. might be Anglican, Bridget. You might be Anglican. <laughs> I realize you're not Catholic at all. <laughs> oh my god. But goodness. also like Feel like you would be super healthy you know you can't smoke or damn. well i mean that's what's funny uh, some of the fattest people i've ever known are mormon and <laughs> they shouldn't you know they shouldn't be uh yeah i think you know for all i've said about addictive substances uh, there are so many so many people in my faith that are addicted to diet coke like they just cannot you know, they cannot function without a Diet Coke. And uh, so that's the thing. It's not the caffeine that that the revelation is opposed to. It is something else about coffee, apparently, that is just not good. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have my occasional Mountain Dew. I love me a good Mountain Dew. So it's not the caffeine that's yeah. the problem. There's something else going on. Maybe chicory or something. Yeah, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I have um, no idea. I did ask my mom. I said, "Mom, what do you know about Mormons?" And she said, "I know that the church was founded by somebody Smith, Joe Smith, Joey." Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh. and she goes, "And I will tell you, I have never met a Mormon person that wasn't the nicest person in the world." Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, Christine, and then, and then, okay, so here's the question that she didn't want me to ask you. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, let's do this. She said that the men, Mormon men, have to wear certain underwear. Ah, fascinating. <laughs> yes, so this is, this is the holy garment, and it's not only men who have to wear it. Women also wear this holy garment, the, the underwear. Okay, do you wear yeah. it every day? I do wear it every day, not for every activity, but I do wear it every day. Yeah. So, so okay. we, we get, um, as, as a member of the faith, you get the garment after going through a ceremony in our temple called, uh, the endowment mm -hmm. and the garment is, is like any other, you know, sort of holy garb, um, it's it's a physical reminder of mm -hmm. a covenant that we make while in the temple during this ceremony. We just wear it underneath our clothing as opposed okay. to, you know, Hasidic Jews who wear it outside of their clothing. Um, uh, or I'm trying to think about it, you know, or the hijab or the... Um, is, is it like a sash or like actually like a loincloth? <laughs> it is. Uh, it looks like... A, a boxer brief or boxer or brief okay. they make all they when they first when they first instituted it it was a a, a one-piece underwear like fl, you know like the old flannel like with the with the flap in the back okay. that kind of underwear that's what it was originally um they have updated it many many times to make it more modern more comfortable uh, so yeah, now typically it's a two piece. Most people wear a two piece. So they have sort of a, a t-shirt kind of, you know, t-shirt, essentially an undershirt and then boxers or briefs uh, that are, you know, made under these certain conditions 
for the holy garment, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I yeah. literally thought that you were going to be like, I don't know what your mom's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 no. She's for real. And it is for men wow. and women. And they, uh, obviously for men, right? Underwear is underwear. It, it's, yeah. it's whatever. For women, it is, it is not that sexy. I will say that. Uh, it's not meant to be, and it okay. is not. Um, and it's not even okay. in talking to my wife about it, it is not that comfortable either. And so there have been some more like pragmatic issues with the garments for women because women also wear bras, you know? And so there's this whole like undercurrent about, well, do you wear the garment top under the bra or over the bra? Uh, because sort of theologically, right? You're supposed to wear it as close to your skin as possible but it's very okay. uncomfortable if it's worn under a bra. So they've done a lot of changes and there have been some sort of principles that have changed about how people can wear the garment, in particular how women can wear it so it's more comfortable and doable. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow, you really, you're gonna blow my mom's socks off. She's gonna be like, you did not ask him that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm proud of you for asking it. It's, uh, it's a great <laughs> I went question. For it. Yeah, good, good for you. So yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the simple answer. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you want me to ask one more? Or yeah, go for it. No, no, no. Okay. Go for it. Um, so I was going to ask, I had, I'm going to do this other one. Um, so since we've been quarantined per se, yeah. what has your, um, how has your religious practices been stifled and what do you do as like an alternative? Ooh. Um, so when, uh, our church was pretty quick actually to close. So typically we go to uh, services on Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. When I was growing up, they were three hours. You would go for a three hour block uh, every wow. week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and so sacrament meeting or communion would be one hour and then you would do sort of two hours of Sunday school ish kind of stuff. <laughs> now it's two hours. Um, so, so the oh, communion hey. part, our sacrament, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, is, uh, that is still <laughs> one hour and then they have alternating Sunday school kind of stuff for the other hour of church. Um, okay. Yeah. So the other, you know, when I was growing up, the other two hours, one was Sunday school and one was, uh, priesthood or relief society meeting. So the men and women would, would divide and meet for an hour separately. Now they alternate those weeks with Sunday school or priesthood relief society. Okay. Um, now under quarantine, our church is, you know, as soon as it sort of came down the grapevine uh, politically that everything was going to shut down. Our church immediately was like, great, shut it down. Um, all of the leaders of the congregation, our bishops uh, basically send out an email to all of the members in their congregation or in their ward, which is what we call our congregations to give all of the men permission to hold sacrament meeting or to hold communion within their homes. So the only thing that's really changed for us is I bless the sacrament and um, distribute it to the family. And then we have a little lesson that's prepared by me, my wife, or one of the kids. And it's this really short. We have, we have about a half hour of church, if that. Okay. <laughs> so it's great. That's good. I was going to ask if yeah. it had to be like lengthy. <laughs> no, 
No, no. It's it's as lengthy <laughs> as it needs to be. So, you know, us us with three kids, it's pretty quick. <laughs> it's pretty short. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, kind of a side note, when I was a kid, we used to play church at home all the time. So. Oh, yeah. That's very fun. Yeah, we ain't playing, though, Bridget. We ain't playing. We doing it. We're doing it for real. I know. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying I know the at-home, you know. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> relaxing drill. I have to admit, I am not sure how many people are going to be coming back for the weekly meetings because we've been so Aww. used to doing it at home. Well, you know, yeah. it's just so convenient, so comfy uh, doing it at home. I think, yeah, I'm not sure exactly, you know, we'll phase it back in, obviously, as a church. But um, I wonder how many people will be like, well, you can hold off on me coming back. I'm going to still, you know, quarantine yeah, for we're safety. Gonna quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I'm making about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's so. all I got for you. Oh, all right. Interesting. Well, these I were great. Wait. These were great questions, Bridget. Well done. I wrote. You said uh, that was all your questions, and you said you wrote down. I wrote down the answers so I can tell Christine, my mom. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, good. And tell your mother hello for me. Uh, if I she will. Be a guest, let let me know. Oh, she funny. would just be so flattered. It would be fun to have you both on at some point. Get to know oh the God, real person fun. behind your famous character portrayal. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I'm actually going home next month, so maybe I'll hit you up. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. This was super fun, though. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Bridget. This was a blast. Yeah, Uh, yeah. anything you want to plug? Anything coming up other than you going home? Uh, (laughs) I'm like, uh, tomorrow's Tuesday. That's a big deal. That Uh, is a big deal. uh, Nothing, nothing of, of late. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right did you want to take the moment now to pledge your allegiance to a certain candidate or do you want to just leave everyone up in the air on that oh god i can't do politics right now <laughs> <laughs> good, good we'll leave but it we, at we all know we'll who i'm not religion. we all know who I'm not. <laughs> well, all right you all heard it here folks bridget <laughs> hates sleepy joe that's who she hates <laughs> and i'm not talking about joe smith i'm talking about Joe Biden. Uh, Wait, <laughs> I feel like he's our only option. <laughs> you are our only hope. You are our only hope, Joe. Oh, I know, boy. It's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This will be fun. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Scott. And have a safe travel. Light the uh, St. Christopher candle before going home. I will. And, and, and hit us up when, when uh, you and Christine want to be on the show again. I will, for sure. Thank you so much, Seth. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bridget. Have a good week. Okay, I'll see (laughs) you.